Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Welcome to the Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get into it. In Major League Baseball, there has been this idea. There has been this situation where it seems like for the last couple of years, Major League Baseball has essentially had a unanimous best player in the world. It feels like since 2019, there has been no doubt in people's minds that Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. He's won multiple MVPs. He's been an all-star almost every single year. He's been in MLB, even though some people will say that all-star games are pretty much participation trophies at this point because of the fact that they're fan-based. Let's talk about the fact that he won Rookie of the Year He's been a multi-time silver slugger. He has been a defensive. He was even, I think, defensive player of the year one year by Wilson. Mike Trout does have a very solid resume. And absolutely, I am not going to take away from the fact that he has been one, one of the best players in Major League Baseball in the 10 plus seasons he's been in Major League Baseball. But, le- but recently, after the game against the Houston Astros, Mike Trout exited the game with an elbow injury. He had a contusion on his elbow. Now, this will be the fifth time in Mike Trout's career that he has had to leave the game because of an injury. Uh, interesting, in- interesting enough, four of those five previous injuries have happened in the last five years. So understanding that Mike Trout only played 114 games in 2017, only played 140 in 2018, 134 in 2019, and missed seven games in the shortened 2020 season. 
and not even 20 games into the season, and Mike Trout has suffered an injury. So I want to ask the logical question here. Is Mike Trout really the best player in baseball when you can't rely on him to be on the field day in and day out? Now, I tried to come up with different scenarios and different situations to try to explain why I'm, ba- I'm using this statement. And then I came up with an analogy. I came up with a comparison for Mike Trout. Now, let's take the NBA. Now, let's say that LeBron James, with the current situation he's in, he has missed games in 2018. He has missed games in currently in 2020. And LeBron James has been accused of taking nights off in the past in the NBA. People in Los Angeles... You might be wondering, why am I bringing up LeBron James to talk about Mike Trout? Stay with me because because you're going to figure out the theme really quick. Let's move over to football. Tom Brady has been consistently one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, mainly because he doesn't get injured. He stays on the field all the time. But what if Tom Brady took games off every single year when it mattered the most? What if Tom Brady missed two or three games a year because he was injured? Would the conversation come up that Tom Brady was injury prone and that could dethrone him as an an MVP, as a GOAT? What about in the NHL with Connor McDavid? If Connor McDavid consistently got injured out there in Edmonton, would that hurt the credibility of him being the best player in hockey? The theme I'm saying here is that Mike Trout consistently gets injured every single year in Anaheim. But yet, baseball fans will still say Mike Trout is the unanimous best player in baseball despite the fact that he doesn't stay healthy on the field. In basketball, LeBron James has been been injury-prone two of the last three years, and people have even said that that could damage him being the best player in basketball, and they have pointed to other players being on the same level or around the same level as LeBron James. In the NFL, people have hammered guys who get injury prone in the past, guys like Ben Roethlisberger in the past, guys like Carson Wentz in the past. When NFL quarterbacks can't stay healthy, they call them out on it. And when Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, when guys like Eric Lindros in the NHL would consistently get injured, they called them out on it. And that's why they were not the unanimous best player in their sport. So I'm going to ask all of you, if Mike Trout has been injured for the fifth time in his career, if this is the fifth time in four out of the last five years, he has missed very lengthy amount of games. Does this mean that Mike Trout is no longer the unanimous best player in baseball? Because for the people who missed the argument early in the show, it was reported that Mike Trout has an, a contusion on his left elbow and he is going to miss time 
for the Anaheim Angels. And the last season that Mike Trout played 90% of the season was in 2016. He missed games in 2017, 2018, 2019, and in 2020. And this year in 2021, it seems like the same situation is going to happen. So let me come up with a solution for this uh, story. Who could replace Mike Trout as the best player in baseball if injuries keep popping up? Brett Hillis, you brought up a very solid point. I think the face of Major League Baseball will be Ronald Ocuna Jr. I already had him as a top five player in baseball when I did my top 20 player ranking earlier in the year. Ronald Acuna Jr. is consistent. He's reliable. He's durable. And when Jose Urania isn't chucking fastballs at his, at his rib cage, he is on the field every single day. What about a guy that's very underrated? And how about Jacob DeGrom? Jacob DeGrom and Garrett Cole are no doubt the two best pitchers in Major League Baseball, and it's been a long time, maybe since Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson, where you have had a face of MLB be a pitcher. So could it be DeGrom and Cole? Could it be Okuna? If you listen to people in LA, they will convince you that Mookie Betts is the best player in Major League Baseball. Uh, San Diego, they will try to make you believe that Fernando Tatis Jr. is the best player in baseball. He's definitely the most popular. He was just on the MLB The Show uh, cover athlete. So I'm going to ask all of you, before I get to my angle, who do you think could replace Mike Trout as the unanimous uh, best player in MLB if Mike Trout continues to be injured. So as we're talking about Mike Trout being injured once again for the Anaheim Angels here on the Sports Angle, I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. You brought up Vlad Guerrero Jr. Vlad Guerrero Jr., I would put him on the same category as someone like Luis Robert with the Chicago White Sox. I would put him on the same level as Pete Alonzo with the New York Mets. And that is, I need to see more of a sample size with those guys before I can say that they are among the best players in Major League Baseball. Oh, don't get me wrong, Brett. And if Kellen, he's listening right now, he's a huge Toronto Blue Jays fan, so he knows this better than anyone. Vlad Guerrero Jr. has been one of the best stories in Major League Baseball since he joined in 2019. He has been a great story for Toronto, but I question certain characteristics of his game. There still is some progress that needs to be made with Vlad Jr. Similar to Pete Alonso, similar to Luis Robert, there are certain things in their game that I wonder about moving forward. With Trout, He's already in his prime. He's already been there. Ronald Acuna Jr., he is now in his prime. DeGrom, Cole, two of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, and Tatis Jr. has already gotten injured, so I kind of put him to the side. 
Mookie Betts is a very solid argument out there in LA. So regardless if you think it's Mookie Betts, regardless if you think it's Ronald Acuna Jr., or if you're a pitcher type of person and you believe Garrett Cole or Jacob DeGrom is the best player in baseball, I just want to make this argument and say that with Mike Trout being injured once again, is it time to be ununanimous and say that Mike Trout is no longer the undisputed best player in baseball? My angle is yes. When he can't stay healthy, when you can't be on the field for at least 90% of the season, you need to not be the best player in baseball hands down. I brought up the LeBron James comparison. I said, what about Tom Brady? If he missed four games a year, would he be at the same level of criticism? No, he'd actually would get criticized more for missing games every year. In the NHL, I brought up Connor McDavid as my comparison. If he got injured multiple times a year, people in the NHL would not consider him the best player in hockey. So uh, before we go to break here on the sports angle, I want to know from all of you, is there any player in Major League Baseball that you believe will be the next Mike Trout? And what I mean is, do you think that there will be a player in MLB that has the ability to be among the best in baseball, but unfortunately keeps on getting injured? Is it Fernando Tatis Jr.? Is it somebody out there in Chicago? Is it somebody like Heloy Jimenez? Is there a player in MLB that could be the next Mike Trout where they are injury prone, but when they're on the field, they are one heck of a baseball player. So we're going to go to break here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly, And when we come back, we're going to get into NASCAR and we're going to give you the odds into uh, the Talladega Super Speedway here on the Sports Angle. And that is before we come back from break. But before we go to break, I want to make one more um, announcement when it comes to the Anaheim Angels. They are 25 to 1 right now, according to DraftKings, for them to win the 2021 World Series. I think that is way too high. Anaheim, you have Mike Trout, but if he cannot stay healthy, if he cannot stay in, inside that window of being among the best in Major League Baseball, I'm going to look at it and say this. 25 to 1, way too high for the Anaheim Angels, and I expect them to go down in the odds with Mike Trout being injured. So we're going to go to break here on the Sports Angle. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.
I like unicorns, you know. They just don't want to give them Welcome back to the Sports Angle live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Let's get back into it. Now, NASCAR this weekend will be at Talladega Super Speedway, one of the best tracks in NASCAR. I mean, Talladega, I have been there myself. I went there when I was a uh, when I was much younger. And I will say that Talladega, you have the action, you have the, uh, you know, burn, uh, you have the engines going, you got, you know, in your veins. I mean, NASCAR, Talladega, it is a fun experience. But who is going to win the 2021 Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway? Well, if you look at the odds brought to you by DraftKings, they tell you an interesting story. Joey Logano, the 2018 NASCAR Cup Series champion, the guy who has already won a race earlier this year at Bristol, they have him as an odds-on favorite at 9-1 to to win at Talladega. On one hand, I understand why this is. Joey Logano has won at Talladega in the past. He is a really good restrictor plate racer. And more importantly, a lot of people are going to forget this, but Joey Logano was actually leading the Daytona 500 on the last lap when he got turned on, on the backstretch and ended up finishing way lower on the field than he actually was in the backstretch prior. Joey Logano has also been, by the way, when it comes to Talladega, when it comes to his statistics at Talladega Super Speedway, he has surprisingly actually been really good at the track in recent years. This is the same guy who won at Talladega in back-to-back years. He won in 2015, he won in 2016, and he even won in 2018. This guy is very consistent at getting up to the front and winning races at Talladega Super Speedway. And the fact is, when it comes to Joy Logano in his his 24 starts at Talladega, he has had a trio of wins, 10 top 10s, a little under 400 laps led, and has been running at the finish of 17 of those races. So Joy Logano has done a very good job at Talladega Super Speedway. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him as the odds-on favorite at 9-1. to Next on the list is we're talking about who could win the NASCAR race at Talladega Super Speedway here on the Sports Angle. How about Ryan Blaney, the defending race winner at Talladega? He is the 10-1 to odds-on favorite to win at Talladega. 
He has had two wins and four top tens in his career starts at Talladega and surprisingly won at Talladega in 2019 and won at Talladega in 2020. So he has been leading laps in the last five races there. He's won two of the last races there. So him being 10 to one is not a surprise when you understand what he he has done in the last couple of years. And then you have your two lower odds on favorites. You know, your two kind of outcast odds on favorites at 11 to one. And that is Chase Elliott and Brad Keselowski. Chase Elliott is an interesting case because Chase Elliott is the reigning defending 2020 NASCAR Cup Series champion. He has had one win and five top tens in 10 career starts at Talladega. He, by the way, has had an average start of fifth at Talladega. And considering that when it comes to being at the track, he finished fifth last year and won in 2019. So he has been able to get up to the front. And he is also a very good drafter out there at Talladega. He has shown it in the past. And on the opposite effect, Brad Keselowski, this has been a track that has been great to Brad Keselowski. As a matter of fact, I like you, Josh. I like your sense of humor. Uh, Brad Keselowski, his actual favorite track is Talladega Super Speedway. First race that he ever won was at Talladega. And the fact is he has had five wins in his career at this racetrack and has had 11 top 10s. So Brad Keselowski would definitely be an odds-on favorite at this racetrack. Yes, he hasn't won since 2017, but considering he's won there five times and has been consistently on the lead lap in four of the last five races there, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. But who is at the Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway? Who could be a dark horse? Who could be somebody that could actually win this race that a lot of people are not going to have on their radar? And I'm not talking about the guys who are 20 to 1 like William Byron. I'm not talking about Kyle Larson, who's 22 to 1, or Christopher Bell, who's 25 to 1. I want to go lower on the card. I want to talk about the guys that are at the 100 to 1 odds to win at Talladega. Is there anybody on that list that could be an underdog to win this Sunday? And for someone who just asked, Bubba Wallace is 50 to 1 to win at Talladega. And just to be honest, when it comes to Bubba Wallace, six races, zero top tens at Talladega, average finish of 22nd. He has had some really good success at Daytona, but Talladega, he seems to be a little snake bitten at that racetrack. So um, that's just all I'm going to say about that. But who could be a 100 to one shot to win at Talladega? And I've got one that's perfect. He will be making his debut in the NASCAR Cup Series, and his name is Harrison Burton. Harrison Burton, the son of Jeff Burton, will be making his NASCAR Cup Series debut for Gaunt Brothers Racing. And the fact is, he will be driving the car 
that Parker Kligerman has been driving to success in at Talladega in the past. He will be driving a car that Gaunt Brothers Racing took to Daytona and Ty Dillon put on one heck of a show earlier this year. If Harrison Burton could find a right drafting partner, if he could team up with Joe Gibbs Racing, team up with Bubba Wallace, team up with Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, do not be surprised if him being a 100 to 1 odds in his NASCAR Cup Series debut, him running up front should not be that big of a shock when you understand he has Joe Gibbs Racing affiliation. They probably are going to help Got Brothers out with the equipment side of it. And I am looking forward to seeing what Harrison Burton does in his NASCAR Cup Series debut. However, he is not the guy I think could win from that 100 to 1 category. That is going to be reserved for Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy has been so sneakily one of the best restrictor plate drivers in Talladega Super Speedway, and not many people have even picked up on it. Corey LaJoy, in his six races at Talladega, he has finished on the lead lap three of the last four years. And he has finished 7th in 2019, finished 16th and ran up front in 2020, and actually finished 11th in one of his first starts out there at Talladega. Corey LaJoy is that type of guy who runs middle of the pack and then finds a way to get up to the front when it matters the most. Let's also talk about the fact that at Talladega earlier this year, Corey LaJoy was running at a real solid pace um, earlier in the year. He finished ninth at Daytona earlier this season. Also, four of his top tens in NASCAR, have you guessed it, been in restrictor plate races. So if Corey LaJoy could find the right drafting partner, I will say that he could be Michael McDowell 2.0. He could be a underdog that could win at, at Talladega Super Speedway. And I will say that Corey LaJoy would be my odds underdog pick at 100 to 1 to watch out for. He's a very solid restrictor plate racer. He's driving for Spear Motorsports. And I believe that if Michael McDowell at 66 to 1 could win the Daytona 500, Corey LaJoy at 100 to 1 could definitely make a run for that as well. I also want to include one more driver before we go because this guy is not really underrated however when it comes to restrictor plate racing he is almost forgotten and that's a shame his name is Tyler Reddick Tyler Reddick 25 years old his second season driving driving full time in the cup series buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. 
Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. He has been steadily one of the most improved drivers at the restrictor plates. I mean, he finished seventh at Talladega last year, and he has been progressing every single time he gets to the restrictor plates. Do not be surprised if Tyler Reddick leads some laps at Talladega. He is 22 to one to win at Talladega Super Speedway. So this is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. And when we come back, we're going to get into the NBA. We're going to talk about the biggest topics in the National Basketball Association. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. It has been a long time since the Sports Angle has talked about the NBA. And more importantly, let's get into a topic that we haven't discussed at, at this point. And that is the odds to win the 2021 NBA MVP. Now, for the people who are interested in the NBA, you are going to know who the top guys are. But what I don't think some people know is what are the odds and what does DraftKings, which is what the odds are presented by, by DraftKings, what are they telling us about who's going to win the 2021 NBA MVP? Now, the odds on favorite at minus 360 is Nikola Jokic, center from the Denver Nuggets. Now, I'm not going to try to be impartial here. I'm not going to try to sit here and say, oh, a certain player must win because insert title here. But I will say one aspect. From watching basketball this season, there has been no doubt in my mind that there's anybody who deserves to win the NBA MVP the one guy who has stand out above the rest, one guy who has been making a name for himself out there in the Rocky Mountain highs, that is Nikola Jokic. He has been improving his game every single year, offensively, defensively, as a rebounder, as a shot blocker, as a guy who can put, who can be in the post, a guy who can even shoot the outside. Nikola Jokic is doing a very solid job out there in Denver. And more importantly, he's putting up numbers in the NBA that a lot of people haven't seen by a center in a very long time. So him being minus 360 to win the NBA MVP does not surprise me. Second place on the list at plus 340 is Joel Embiid. Once again, a center in the NBA. Now, some people are not really happy with the fact that centers are making a resurgence in the NBA. There are some people who love the point guard position. They like their guards. They like their forwards. They don't really like seeing what's going on right now, and that is being a center-driven league. And I'm going to sit here and say my angle, I actually love what's going on. I like that Nikola Jokic, I like that Joel Embiid, guys like Julius Randle, Zion Williamson, they are finally making an impact once again as big men. Guys like Anthony Davis, when he won the championship last year with the Los Angeles Lakers, you're seeing big men make a vocal point in the NBA. And I've always said to people that if you want to win a championship, you have to have a great big man in order to make it happen. I've always said, and I will say this once and once and once again, the big men, the big man is the most important position in the NBA. When you have that seven footer, when you have a 6'11 giant that can pretty much toss his body around, that is a key aspect to the NBA. So Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, two centers, B 
being the top two in the NBA MVP. I like that. I love seeing it, and it is well-deserved. Steph Curry, plus 1,700. Right now, he is way behind from Jokic and Embiid. I mean, Steph Curry is doing good for Golden State, but they're barely going to make the playoffs, and we know what they like from the NBA MVP. You either have to put up excellent numbers or you have to be one of the top seeds in your conference. Philadelphia, number one seed in the Eastern Conference right now, and Denver is the third seed in the Western Conference. So those two, they check off both boxes. Curry is fighting for the eighth seed right now in the West, plus 1,700. I'm going to say no to him. Giannis, he is kind of a long shot at this point, plus 2,000 on this list. Giannis has won back-to-back MVPs. Giannis is doing well for Milwaukee, but I do question if because of the success he had in the regular season the last two years compared to what he's doing this year, are voters going to look at the, they're going to say regression of Giannis and say, well, he isn't really doing as good as he did the last two years, so we're going to toss him out. I believe that's what's going to happen with Giannis. The voters, the people who are the media, they're going to look at Giannis and go, he's simply not doing what he did the last couple of years. James Harden plus 2,500 to win the 2021 NBA MVP brought to you by DraftKings. The problem with James Harden is he just can't stay on the floor. KD, Kyrie, James Harden, I mean, heck, even LaMarcus Aldridge had this problem. The Brooklyn Nets simply cannot stay healthy. I've been saying that they are pretenders this entire time, and a lot of people don't want to believe me. James Harden, I'm tossing him out of the conversation at plus 2,500. And then you have even your bigger dark dark horses, Luka Doncic at plus 4,500, LeBron James at plus 4,500, And then there's a bunch of names at plus 20,000 that I'm not even going to get into. So really at this point, you have about six names on the list that are in contention. Everybody else is pretty much mathematically eliminated or is such a big long shot that they'd have to do something incredible in the last 15 games to make an impact. So Who do I have winning the NBA MVP? And who do I think will get eliminated one by one as we are doing this NBA MVP, looking at the odds presented by DraftKings? Well, the first player I'm going to eliminate from my list is uh, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is a real solid player for Portland but similar to the next person I have being eliminated after him, he is not one of the top guys in the standings. Damian Lillard is doing great for Portland, and they're going to make the playoffs, but he does not scream out a guy who is carrying them to one of the best seeds in the NBA. And the fact that he is one of the lowest guys on the list that's not in the 15,000 uh, you know, plus 15,000 category. That's going to lead me to believe that Damian Lillard, he'd be the first guy I eliminate from 
being in the NBA MVP conversation. So out of the guys I'm eliminating, uh, it's between Jokic, Embiid, Curry, Giannis, Harden, and Lillard. The next guy I'm eliminating is Steph Curry. Steph Curry, I would eliminate him from being in the NBA MVP. Yes, he might have the numbers, but where is he in the standings? The problem with Steph Curry is simply put, he's barely going to make it to the playoffs, and he is most likely going to be a first-round exit with Golden State. And unless you're Russell Westbrook, the NBA doesn't really like to have their NBA MVP get eliminated in the first round. It makes them look like idiots from that standpoint. So because of that, I have uh, Steph Curry being eliminated as well as uh, Damian Lillard from the MVP conversation. So you have four players left. You have Jokic, you have Embiid, you have Giannis, and you have Harden. I'm going to eliminate James Harden next because of the simple fact that he has not been on the floor the entire season. Also, let's talk about the fact that when it comes to durability, Harden has not been, not been that guy. So because of the fact that his durability is in question, I will eliminate James Harden. So we're down to the final three with the NBA MVP conversation. Giannis from Milwaukee. You have Joel Embiid from Philadelphia, and you have Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets. I am going to give the bronze medal, and I'm going to give the guy that has a long shot but still is in contention to Giannis Antetokounmpo from Milwaukee. Look, Milwaukee, they are in third place in the, in, in the Eastern Conference. Giannis is still putting up good numbers, but unfortunately it's not as dominant as he was the last two seasons. So I would give him the bronze medal in that category. And then it's down to the final two. Joel Embiid from Philadelphia and Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets. And I will do a little drum roll, please. I have... Nikola Jokic being the NBA MVP of the 2020-2021 calendar season. I mean, the Denver Nuggets have won, have won eight of their last nine games. The Denver Nuggets are currently on a four-game win streak and are only one and a half games back from the Clippers and are only two games back from the Phoenix Suns, who are in second place right now. There is no doubt in my mind that if they keep riding the momentum alongside Nikola Jokic, the Denver Nuggets could be at worst the second seed in the Western Conference. That would check up the first criteria. Is he a great statistical player? Absolutely. He has the points. He has the rebounds. He has the assists. He has every stat to back up the fact that he is an MVP player. And on top of that, Nikola Jokic being a center, being a guy from the Western Conference, the NBA has an obsession with going with guys that, similar to what Giannis was, similar to what Harden was, similar to what Russell Westbrook was, 
they want to give the MVP to somebody brand new. They normally don't like giving the award to the same person over and over and over again. Ever since 2014, there's a reason why we have never seen a guy get a three-time NBA MVP, and there's a reason for it. There's a lot of parity in the NBA. So Nikola Jokic, I have him winning the NBA MVP. I think Joel Embiid is a very close second. So I will leave it to all of you. Who do you think will win the 2021 NBA MVP? And I want you to let me, I want you to let me know. What do you think about the odds presented by DraftKings? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know in the comments. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. We're going to go back to commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some hockey. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. Go to our website, thesportsangle.com. Check out all the content we have on there. And so subscribe to all our social media at the Sports Angle. Great news came out of the NHL today, and it came out of Minnesota. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, shout out to Gargamel for giving me this idea. Now Ryan Hartman, who was a former first round pick by the Chicago Blackhawks, I remember him as a twenty year old getting some some uh, playing time when they were on that Stanley Cup run. He is now with the Minnesota Wild. He's been there with the last couple of years. He has had a three-year, $5.5 million contract extension, and I believe that this is a great move by the Minnesota Wild. Look, Ryan Hartman, he is never going to be a a 25-plus goal scorer. Ryan Hartman is never going to be a guy that you're going to get 50 points out of him. What Ryan Hartman is, is he is a reliable, solid bottom six guy He'll get you his assist. He'll have a very solid plus minus. I think he even has, I think he's at a plus one right now with Minnesota. Yes, he does get into fights and he does defend his teammates when he needs him to. But what I like about Ryan Hartman is the fact that he has that type of style to him where it's similar to that old school philosophy. He isn't afraid to get his hands dirty. He is not afraid to play almost every single game if he needs to. I mean, 2019, he played the entire season. And right now, he's played 40 games already with the Minnesota Wild, played 69 games with them last year. Ryan Hartman is a very consistent guy out there in Minnesota. And I like what he has done with the Wild organization. But Ryan Hartman gave me an idea for what's going to happen in July. Now, for hockey fans, you already know what's going to happen in July. For non-hockey fans, I am going to go over it. In July, there will be an expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. Well, there was a report that came out of Minnesota that Bill Guerin, who is the general manager of the Minnesota Wild, he has gone to all five of his guys with a no trade clause in their contract and he has asked all five of them to waive their no trade clause in order to make a protected spot for Matt Dumba. Now Matt Dumba has been a really solid defenseman for the Minnesota Wild. He has been a top two defenseman out there in Minnesota so I understand why the Minnesota Wild want to protect him. They don't want to leave him exposed in the expansion draft. Why would they leave? Why would they leave him exposed in the expansion draft? Rocco simple because of the fact that five of their players are on not no trade clauses. That means that those five are already protected from the expansion draft. They are already guaranteed to be protected in the expansion draft due to their no-trade clause. It's one of the stipulations and one of the clauses in their no-trade clause. Well, with Minnesota, the reason why they're asking guys like Ryan Suter, they're asking guys like Zach Parise, the reason why they're asking them to lift that no-trade clause 
and so that they can have that not be on their books. And more importantly, if they leave them exposed, that would allow them to not have Matt Dumba be unprotected. Right now, the players who would be on the protected list by Minnesota, Zach Parise, no movement clause. Matt Zuccarello, no movement clause. Marcus Johansson, a no trade clause. Jared Spurgeon, no movement clause. Ryan Suter, no movement clause. Jonas Brodeen, no movement clause. And you also have guys on their uh, deals like Nick Benino, Victor Rask, Kevin Falala, and Marcus Bellino. Well, the problem with Minnesota, and they're going to fall into the same trap as some teams in hockey, you can only protect seven forwards, a trio of defensemen, and one goaltender. Well, Matt Dumba is a defenseman, but so is Jared Spurgeon, who has a no-movement clause. Ryan Suter is a defenseman. He has a no-movement clause. And Jonas Brodeen is a defenseman and has no-movement clause. So, technically, the Minnesota Wild already have their defensemen already protected in the expansion draft, but they don't want to let go of 26-year-old Matt Dumba. So, the reason why they're going to sack Parise, Matt Zuccarello, Jared Spurgeon, Ryan Suter, and Jonas Brodeen is they are hoping that one of them will waive their no-movement clause and free up a protected spot for Matt Dumba. And if by some chance they get two guys to release or waive their no-movement clause, then 24-year-old Jordan Greenway, who is also on the unprotected list, they would most likely put him on the protected list as well. So Minnesota is in an interesting situation with the expansion draft, but you're already seeing now Two and a half months away, general managers are already preparing for the expansion draft. Who else could be screwed in the expansion draft coming in July? Minnesota, they've already revealed their cards, but who else could be heavily affected by this situation? Well, I'm going to tell you. The first team that's not named Minnesota is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to explain why. Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitchell, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Alexander Kerfoot, and Zach, um, Zach Hyman, those guys are already six of their forwards, and they bring up a huge part of their contracts already. Well, the weird situation is Wayne Simmons has a no-trade clause, and Nick Felino has a modified no-trade clause. So. Theoretically, they have eight guys who are on that protected list with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, you can only have seven forwards, remember. So this means they'd have to either A, get Wayne Simmons or Nick Foligno to drop onto the unprotected list, or they would have to sacrifice a 26-year-old like Zach, uh, Zach Heeman They'd have to give up a 26-year-old Alexander Kerfoot, or they would have to suffer a terrible blow and maybe sacrifice a 24-year-old in William Nylander in order to because Simmons and Felino have those in their contracts. Defensively, 
they've also been royally screwed in this category. Jake Muzzin has a no-movement clause, but Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Justin Hole, and Zach Bogusin all have no-trade clauses. That's five defensemen. So the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to have to figure out how to get some of those guys either to waive it or to have them be put on the unprotected list out there in Toronto. So they're the first team not named Minnesota that's going to be heavily affected by the expansion draft. The next team that will be affected is the Detroit Red Wings, but not for the reason you're thinking. The Detroit Red Wings have so much young talent on their roster. There is no doubt in my mind that they cannot protect all of them. They cannot protect guys like 24-year-old Evgeny Shinitsikov. They cannot protect a guy like a 21-year-old Philippe Zadina, a 22-year-old Michael Ramnison. There are so many young guys in Detroit Outside of Dylan Larkin, who is already going to be on the protected list at 24 years old, the Detroit Red Wings are going to try to sacrifice their veterans like Franz Nielsen, like Darren Helm, like uh, Valtteri uh, Fipula. They're going to try to get rid of those guys, but there is no doubt in my mind that the Detroit Red Wings cannot protect all of their young guys, and one of them is going to get taken by Seattle in the expansion draft. We'll have to see who it is. But Detroit, they're definitely going to get screwed over in that aspect. And the last team that's going to get majorly affected by the expansion draft is the New York Rangers for the same reason with Detroit. Yes, Kreider, Zabinijad, and Panarin have all non-movement clauses, but they have 20-year-old Capucaco. They have 19-year-old Alexis Lemfernier. They have 21-year-old Philippe Chertel. There are so many young guys with the Rangers system that are under the age of 25 that one of them is undoubtedly going to be left unprotected, and Seattle is going to just pick them up and put them on the main roster. So the Rangers, the Red Wings, the Wild, and the Maple Leafs are definitely going to get affected by the NHL expansion draft. And we're going to have to wait and see what happens there. This is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Follow me on social media at Rocco Kelly, And follow the show Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday. As we go over the biggest topics in the sports world. And we're going to have, and until next week, keep rock, keep rocking on. I'm your host, Rocco, and we'll see you next time. At General Motors, we make more than electric vehicles. We're helping to make the world a safer, more inclusive place for all. As the first automaker to support the Equality Act, General Motors celebrates and embraces diversity every day, especially during Pride Month, which is why we're proud to team up with iHeartRadio to support Can't Cancel Pride and the LGBTQ community, because everybody in means everybody. Learn more at GM.com. 
the been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 